Today's show is brought to you by IBM. By the end of this podcast, nearly 10,000 new malware variants will have launched. Now AI can help protect your data from threats wherever it lives with IBM Security. Let's put smart to work. Learn more at ibm.com smart. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, executive editor of Recode, and you're listening to Too Embarrassed to Ask, coming to you from the Vox Media Podcast Network. This is a show where we answer all of your embarrassing questions about consumer tech and the week's news and have lively discussions. You can send us your questions on Twitter with the hashtag Too Embarrassed. We also have an email address, tooembarrassed at recode.net. Reminder, there are two R's and two S's in embarrassed. Today on Too Embarrassed to Ask, we're back with everyone's favorite topic, Facebook. I'm here with someone who used to work at Facebook, Antonio Garcia Martinez. He used to run Facebook's ad targeting team and wrote a book about what he did there called Chaos Monkeys, which I really enjoyed. He's quite a good writer. Antonio, welcome to Too Embarrassed to Ask. Thank you for having me. And we've also been arguing online, right? We've a little on, bit. On the Twitter, a on the bit. Twitter. So it's perfect. So you've written and tweeted a lot about Facebook since you left the company, um, uh, which was two, many years ago, several years ago. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, three or four years ago. Right. Yeah. Um, but first, um, talk about what you did there and how long you worked there. Right, through a series of sort of misadventures, I ended up there in 2011, a year before the IPO. And the reason why that that area is still, you know, it, it was a while ago, but it's still relevant. That's when Facebook created most of its monetization products. It didn't really ship anything that major since then. So everything that's in use now, custom audiences, lookalike, all the weird retargeting, the pair of shoes that follow you onto Facebook, that was all created then. And so I, I was kind of there at the present at the creation. So that, mm-hmm. and. I randomly ended up as the product manager for the ads targeting team. Mm-hmm. Uh, before 2011, believe it or not, Facebook didn't actually have a coherent right, vision right. around that. So you, so it's your fault, the whole thing. I'd like to claim that it's partially my fault, uh, okay, but it's not completely no, my fault. So, so talk about what that is specifically for sort of the lay person. There's, you know, obviously we have a sophisticated group of people listening to this, right. but talk about what that meant. What did they morph into? Yeah, so there's a lot of fallacies people have when they think about Facebook. One of them is, you know, Facebook is showing. Stupid me, journalists do, right? Is that the way you put it? Always. I wouldn't put it that All way. All right, but go ahead. <laughs> now that I'm a journalist, I have to be a little bit nice <laughs> to my <laughs> no, coworkers. You don't. No, you don't. <laughs> um, f- Facebook is showing me an ad for. That's mm-hmm. really not true. Ads are kind of a paid messaging platform. The way that you're actually getting targeted, the smart targeting is what's called custom audiences, mm-hmm. which is a an oddly Orwellian name. I didn't actually come up with that. Yeah. The idea here, what actually happens? The outside world, whether it be you know offline stores like Target, Walmart, whatever, online, Zappos, Amazon, you name it, have lots of data about you, things that you've bought. Um, and they also have what's called PII, personally identifiable information, your name, your phone number, your email. They want to reach you, reach out and touch you online somehow, right. get you a message. So if you're Walmart, for example. You're a Walmart, for example. Right. Or you have a Safeway discount card, just mm-hmm. to cite another example. And those advertisers effectively go to Facebook. And what they do is they upload your personal information, which I know sounds kind of scary, but they have it already. You've given it away. Um, And they join with Facebook. What that means is, say Zappos knows that this set of 100,000 people bought athletic shoes in the last month. Mm -hmm. And they create a targeting segment inside Facebook and say they upload you know, 100,000 names. Or they put a little piece of Facebook code on their website that actually creates that pool of people inside Facebook. Facebook doesn't actually know what that targeting segment's about. All they know is that Zappos wants to reach them and there's 100,000 of them and show them this set of ads when they show up. Right. And that basic join is how most precision targeting the actually data works. that this, these companies had already had. Right. And to be clear, they're not... Extra data. Right. And to be clear, they're not uploading that data to Facebook. Another wrong idea people have about Facebook is they think, you know... If, 
Facebook's own data is this rich mine of stuff. That's that's why they're showing ads. They're listening to my microphone. Yeah, which is totally that's not that's, that's I'm not going to put bullshit. that on them. I'll give them some other crap, but not that one. Right, and so most of the data you're actually being targeted at in a in a creepy way on Facebook is fa- data that Facebook actually doesn't have that lives mm-hmm. offline, but that got joined to you via via. So they're your jo- the joining. It's the mixing of it. It's exactly. like nitroglycerin or whatever. The and, and you get TNT. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. <laughs> so you. Um, so what did they do to create the platform that created these problems? Then, when they have these, so you have the customized audience, and then you talked to me about you talked about something else in your last Wired article. Uh, lookalikes, maybe? yes, lookalikes. Yeah, so I wasn't involved with that, but I, you know, I was there when it started. And lookalikes is one of the not so secret weapons of the savvy Facebook advertiser. Right. Um, and, and this, by the way, is how your 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 Facebook data actually gets monetized. Mm-hmm. Lookalike audiences is a product that addresses probably the biggest need that most advertisers have, which is, like I said before, you've got 100,000 people that bought athletic shoes yesterday. Like, great, I know these people. Your average savvy advertiser has 10 different ways to get, you know, to hit them, either in Google, Facebook, whatever. Show me another 300,000 people like those people. That's what they want. Look alike. Exactly. I mean, it's very self-explanatory. So Facebook then goes and uses... Your, it's data. It's data. Mm-hmm. Um, you about know, you. About you. All, all of you. All of you. This, the social graph, people you've right. had, you've contacted with, articles you've read, everything they see that you do on Facebook, they come up with a similarity score between two people, A and B. Mm-hmm. And Based if a, on lots of things. Lots of things. I mean, yeah. I I have some big knowledge. Shoes are that. easy. Shoes are like, shoe interest is probably easy. Right. I mean, it, it may not even vary as a function of the the input audience. It could mm-hmm. just be as a general thing. Like right. you, you and I are similar because yeah. we read birds right. and got economists it, got and much other so stuff. Look right. right. Yeah. We, okay. we look like, and then we're more than likely going to consume the same things in our mm-hmm. capitalist economy if we resemble each other. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, to cite an example, to, to, to go there, the Trump campaign mm-hmm. said fairly publicly that they used, you know, a judicious mix of custom audiences. They, mm-hmm. they used voter rolls and whatever data they got from the Republican National Committee. Right. And then Joining. They, Joining. joining to yeah. Facebook, and then they use lookalike audience to find people like those to hit them with a message, mm-hmm. or even do voter suppression. They publicly said they they actually right. did voter suppression. Um, so th- those two things, custom audiences and lookalikes, those are the two ways that most smart marketers actually. And you were talking in your article about smart marketers versus stupid marketers, right? Yeah, like y- well, you think well, it gets mixed up, right? I want I want you to explain it because it was a yeah, great article. Well, uh, well, so I mean, for example, so right, I think you're referring to the piece where I speculate. Yeah. It turns out the speculations were mostly correct. I'll, I'll pat myself. In the back there, but, right but, um, but Bloomberg actually scooped um, Sarah Fry or Bloomberg, mm-hmm. um, got a, an internal report leaked from Facebook that showed that what, what effectively happened in the election was that Trump used this very smart direct marketing that the opposites of the world use. Mm-hmm. And it turns out the Clinton campaign used more what are called brand or more mm-hmm. broad targeting, right. age, geo, uh, low CPA, the old, the, the old style. style stuff. I mean, yeah. basically TV on Facebook. This one is good. What's that? They weren't as good. They weren't as, they basically weren't But they as didn't good. pay as much. You would thought they had paid more, but they didn't, right? Or um, it's not clear. So They all paid a lot. A, another aspect of the Facebook ad system that bears a little scrutiny mm-hmm. is the engagement focus. I think most mm-hmm. of us realize that when it comes to news feed, we don't see every piece of news that our friends you know, spit out. Facebook effectively parses it for us. What most people don't realize is that, that engagement focus also works on the ad side. Mm-hmm. So when you know Trump or Clinton or Zappos uploads an ad and says, show it to this person, Facebook makes an estimation of how likely you are to engage with that. Mm-hmm. And if that, if that estimation is high, then you effectively pay less for the same media. Um, Facebook didn't invent this. Google works the same way. Um, it's part of a, a typical cost per click marketplace. But the idea is if you have content that's very viral or very engagement centric because of negative rhetoric, because of whatever, yeah, Facebook ads will be cheaper for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you get viral distribution, so to speak, on the ad side as well as you do on the newsfeed side, mm-hmm. which I think is, it's funny that piece was so 
was so reposted. I think most people didn't actually understand that was true on the ad side as well. Mm -hmm. All right. So the Russian spending then, which you said was minor, right? right? It was just, they were just using the platform essentially. Yeah, the whole Russian. I mean, I wrote my piece in reaction to the mm -hmm. whole Russian thing. Yeah, the, their amount of ad spend was was negligible. Mm -hmm. um, how effective their organic, non-paid viral thing is a little bit hard to judge. But at yeah. least the numbers that came out of Facebook, here, here's another problem when it comes to talking about Facebook. Mm -hmm. Facebook is so huge, mm -hmm. um, and it's so easy for journalists to spin up numbers that seem impressive to the layman, but actually mm -hmm. aren't in the context mm -hmm. of Facebook. How big it is, you mean? Right. I mean, Facebook is whatever it is now, 2.4 billion users. Right. Every user sees an average of 100 to 200 to 300 posts a day. So we're talking about trillions of pieces of content, mm -hmm. um, potentially a day or a week or a month, right? And so when somebody comes out and says, oh, the Russians produced 100 million posts over the course of the election, that's actually a, a tiny fraction of 1% right. of total content. Unless they're super effective. Right, but, right. but yeah. if you can't, yeah, yeah, correct. I mean, it is. What they did is, I mean, I think one of the things that does get lost is they didn't really hack, all the hacking the system, they never hacked it, they used it. Right. Well, they, I mean, the, the Cambridge thing was a different story. They yeah. kind of did hack Facebook. But, yeah. All yeah. right. But let's talk about that. And then yeah. I want to get uh, how you think they've been handling it. So sure. the Cambridge thing from your perspective. Yeah. So I think Facebook does bear some criticism there. Mm -hmm. um, I think everyone knows the Cambridge story. I don't need to, yeah. to go through the whole thing again. But um, the interesting thing about Facebook is they basically stole data from the platform side, mm -hmm. which, you know, I didn't work on. Even even right. back then, it was a separate world sure. than, than ads. That's the thing you announced in 2009, I think. Right. And then they kind of made a big deal of it in 2010, 11. That's when the whole... Which they shouldn't even have anymore, right? Well, that's exactly my point. Right. It's like any platform with third-party developers will leak, cause data. Leak. Well, oh, leak, leak, leak. I mean, your Android apps, your iPhone leak, apps, they leak, all leak, leak like crazy. But you trade it off against a, a lot of good functionality, and so it's kind of Which is it. bringing apps into the system. They right. don't need it at Facebook. Right. They don't they need it. They, they, right. and they, they don't need it and they don't have it, right? When's the right. last time anyone's actually used a Facebook app? Other, yeah, exactly. other than to log in. But at in, the time, right. it was important. At the time, it was important. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the question stands, why didn't they plug this sort of gaping data hole? Right, for? in this particular company, too, because right. they've done it before. Right. That's the other thing. The company I remember was super aggressive about blocking data leakage, at least on the ad side. And right. so if this company had come and clearly misused data, Facebook would brutally just cut them off in the past. Why, why did they let them stick around for two years? That, right. That, that, was, was, really, that was, to me, was not d d defied. Well, they could plug that leak. Yeah, seconds. they weren't even spending much. Like, who cares? Who are these people? Nothing in, this, right. in the scheme of Facebook. And they did, and when they said, I think the one thing that I felt was disingenuous is when they said, well, they took the date and they didn't know it. We didn't know what they did with it. And, and of course, everyone was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, I bet you could have followed that data like or figured out what they did with it or somehow plugged the leak. Or There's all kinds of things that, you know, they become stupid when it's convenient like or, or hapless. Or I mean, it's true when you have third-party developers and that data leaves Facebook, there's not much they can do about it. That, that said, they do have tools that kind of sit there and try to, you know. Figure that out. And then try to figure so that why out. didn't they figure out with this firm? I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah, because they did it with others, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, All when, the time. I mean, when I was there, there was, I won't name names, but there were ad firms that did sketchy stuff and Facebook just flicked them off the platform right. in a the second. Right, the way Google does or yeah. any of the others. Yeah. They know yeah. when abuses are happening. Right. So why with this group? Do you have any spec you know, idea? <sighs> Lacks, I, I don't know. It's a good question. Someone the other day was telling me from Facebook internally, well, it's because the people that didn't aren't there anymore. And I'm like, well, who was running it? Like, you know, that the platform was ignored. The, the I think it might have been that. It might have just been, they just they just slacked off. They so I was it. like, so they had a basement full of sewage and yeah. it was leaking everywhere and they just ignored it. Like that, that was, oh, they weren't there and nobody was paying attention to it. And I, I, I think that beggars my, I don't believe that. But, but you know some of these large tech companies. Yeah. It's amazing how large and sophisticated some of them can get. But when the CEO and the collective sort of zeitgeist goes in one direction, this whole other right. thing just gets forgotten. And no one... 
Deal and platform has been forgotten for three or four years. Right, least. right. So why doesn't it go away? Well, I, I, they announced changes that yeah. effectively have made it go away and locked it down such that it doesn't right. really function. Yeah, they for needed it at the time, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So, so how do you think they've been, uh, from the outside, I know you're from the outside, but how do you think they're handling it? Uh, you know, it's, it depends on your point of view, right? Mm-hmm. There was... Um, there was this wired beat that interviewed insiders about how they felt about Zuck's performance yes. at the hearings. And they right. thought it was like cheering at Facebook. Well, you know what, low bar, I'm right. sorry. Low you know, bar. I always, right. what I say is that he didn't, uh, he, he didn't do a good job, they did a bad job. Like he, right. in comparison, he was fine. But if you, were, if you had good questions, it would have right. been a very different situation. And there were moments there where you can see him kind of losing Oh yeah, it when and, they got uh, a few, they got a few in there. But I was like, no, like the whole terms of service obsession, I was like, that's really not the point, is it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think one of the key things that came out of it, it's funny, I said it in my book and kind of no one believed it because mm-hmm. it just seemed so unbelievable. Zuck knows almost nothing about ads. They knew almost, when I was there, knew nothing about ads at all. Right, it didn't care. I remember him not caring about them. Right, he just doesn't care. And I would right. say this, people were like, oh, you're full of it, you have no idea. It's like, no, he really doesn't. Right. And uh, in fact, there was a quote in there somewhere about how he literally three days before the hearing said, oh, is that how it works? And yeah. literally, I, I want to understand how we use external data for the yeah. first time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like I tweeted, I think Cheryl in that questioning would have been way better. Yeah. Um, she's way more articulate and, and actually knows that side of the business much mm-hmm. better than, than Zuck does. Yeah, so. I think it was interesting. What I was fascinated when they had the, the leaked notes, you know, his like prep notes. There were more, the, the section on how to face Apple criticisms was bigger than the many of the other sections that were more important. It was like, wow, you're obsessed with that part. Like if someone calling you an asshole like, and you have responses to it. We'll get to that in a minute because I want to get to, you have a new piece out on privacy, but some yeah. more questions. So how do you think they're handling it? I mean, he, he did okay, but I don't think he did. I think he did, they didn't do well. Yeah, and in general- He, he didn't He didn't shit the bed as they said. You know what I mean? Like, okay, wow. that's an, Or he didn't sweat. I mean, that was an interesting, like, of course he didn't. He's he had film. that meltdown with you, right? At he one did, point. but you know, it's interesting. Everyone put that video up, you know, oh, look, Kara made a meltdown. He's going to melt down. And I was like, first of all, that was years ago. Second of all, he's an adult now. And third of all, he can wear the suit. He can wear a suit and not melt. Like, I'm pretty certain he's capable. But the expectations were, you know, how whenever Trump did a debate, if he didn't, like, vomit on the stage, everyone was like, success! Like, you know what I mean? Or grab someone's ass. I mean, that's the thing, is he didn't, he didn't, like, he was competent. And so, therefore, it was a great, raging success. Yeah, I mean, it sounds silly to say, but I think half of the sort of shit that Facebook catches, it's because you know, Zuckerberg makes such a bad impression in public yeah. and, and kind of looks like an Android and looks like data and next generation. Yeah, he does. He and, does. He and somehow, does. you know, Google does the exact same evil things with your data, if not worse than Facebook does. And mm-hmm. in fact, in many ways, they're much more central to this whole sketchy ad business than Facebook is. Right. And yet somehow Google doesn't quite get that level of, uh, of scrutiny. And, Why is that? You know, I've never quite figured it out. It was always a complex we had internally of like, man, we're, you know, they're, they're annihilating us for doing this, the tiniest little things with your data and Google's getting away with all this stuff. You know, I, I think part of it's because the, the relationship of a user with Facebook is that of a of an addict to a drug. Mm-hmm. They, they like they hate the drug and they hate themselves for needing it, but mm-hmm. they need it. Right. While I don't think that's the relationship that most people have with Google. Right. Right. It's a very transactional kind of. And it's it feels useful. I'm, I'm searching yeah. for even though I'm getting monetized and the yeah. CPMs on Google search are amazing and they make a huge amount of money and right. all that data goes into your cookie record and gets retargeted elsewhere. Not, it is it, personal, but it's not personal. It's not the same level of personal. right. Even though the data usage is effectively the same, and in fact, and I think the other aspect that most people don't understand also, is that Google's media empire, part of it's the search thing, which again has a usefulness angle, but the other side, which is they run the world's biggest ad exchange. So um, all the retargeting that happens outside of Facebook is going through Google effectively, right? right? You don't see that. You don't 
see an ad with a Google logo next to it that looks right. creepy and you don't associate right. it. Well, in the case of right. Facebook, you do. I think that's also part of the, the difference. Yeah. Yeah. I think they have a person, I think they've made a promise to users and Google does not have a relationship with users. I think Facebook has right. made a promise. You can post anything. Right. I'm your friend. This is our community. And Google, you're, they're just there as a like, it's like the electricity. Essentially, but I would argue, and this gets to what I was writing in my yeah. piece, that I think Facebook has crossed the line of becoming a utility or of social course. media. That's broadly how Mark has. described it when I first met yeah. him, more utility, but yeah. it's not. It's more than that. Let me ask you one more question, sure. then I'll get some questions from readers. Um, they, Mark, one thing that Mark said all the time was, "We don't sell your data," which right. I thought was so just. It was, oh, it, but it's true. Yes, but with okay, <laughs> they they hoard it greedily and then mash it up and give insights to and sell the audience essentially. They they don't sell it directly. It was such a use of terminology, but he does they don't sell the data, but they sell the data. They there's they they, they make money from the data they keep themselves. I mean this is a huge How would you stuff. phrase that How? then? What do they do? They don't sell your data but comma I say we're huge information thieves. That they don't sell the data in the sense of like, oh, yeah, here's this embarrassing photo right. of me in a bikini or something. Right. And yes. they, they don't sell not. that to somebody. It's like saying, well, I but don't, that's how people perceive it. Yes, except I, I don't kill you, you know, but I damage you. But like, it's just, it's one of those, I hate when people do that. You know what I'm, what do they do? The, well, what I mean, do they do the data, data they data? sell, the data that they monetize is, is the data that you don't even think about. For example, they know who you, who you are on every device you touch because you always log into Facebook. Yeah, I so that's your data, Yeah, but you don't kind of quite realize that's being sold. Or like what I mentioned earlier, lookalikes, the fact that right. you and I are similar on Facebook, right. that's data. So they don't sell your data, they use your data to make right. money with. Your data never leaves Facebook. It's right, almost they impossible use it to, to make it. money with, right? right so they're right. information hoarders is what they are. Right, as is Google. But as yes. is Google, yes, yes. I, know, I know. You want to go to Google. So they announced a huge executive shuffle yeah. last week, which Kurt wrote about um, on Recode, and it said the new team building privacy products. Um, does that seem a radical change to you, or how do you evaluate it? No. I, I don't know. It's I didn't, the same I didn't think it was that guys yeah. moving in different chairs. That seems to me. That's right. That's, well, that's actually, one Kevin Systrom. Yeah. Kevin Systrom had a black and white photo, so that was diverse. Um, <laughs> I, I I did count. Um, almost half of them are uh, were immigrants or our children of immigrants. Oh, actually. good. Okay. Um, all right. So. All right. <laughs> Different types of diversity. We're going to go with that. <laughs> we're going to. They were all anyway. Uh, so you you just think it just doesn't seem like a rat. I mean, I, the blockchain thing I think is interesting. I wouldn't yeah. have seen that one coming. Yeah, but um, the the that the fact they're going to this now it's going to work now we now we're paying attention i mean it's you know it's funny there's so much outrage expressed at them it's a business that's growing 40% year on year mm-hmm. with over 40% margins right I don't know that they need a management shakeup or need some radical change. They're oh, doing they need a perceptual management change. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. You know, how we put on our suits and we're going to catch Al Capone now after we've been like, you know, helping him sell whiskey. Um, okay. One of our listeners, Liz Weeks, wants to know how terrified should I be that Facebook is deigned to utter the word blockchain? So start with that. And yeah. then we're going to get to privacy in the next section. So I'm not a crypto expert. Okay, I should preface. But why did you think that was interesting? But I I did do a piece on it. Yeah. No. Well, I'm trying to figure out like why would they express an interest in blockchain? Mm -hmm. I mean, look broadly. Here, here, I'm going to share a tip with you. How how to make a billion dollars in Silicon Valley? All right. right? How do you make a billion dollars in Silicon Valley? Foolproof. Show Mark Zuckerberg a growth chart that looks like Facebook's during the first two years, Mm -hmm. and 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 in an instant, they he will buy your company literally over the weekend, like he did Mm -hmm. with Instagram, if you Mm -hmm. have to, right? And so what is Facebook's great existential threat right now? It's being caught blindsided by the new way that we interact with these black mirrors that are in our pockets, right? Mm-hmm. Zuck missing that yes, boat is, is his existential fear. And the fact that Snap is and out there. And he did it. He missed it too. And Well, he's, he's missed, he missed Snap, for example, that yeah. he's copying them with stories. And so I think if, if blockchain were to turn into a thing, he's trying to hedge the bet of like, if we actually have decentralized social
social networks with all our likes and comments and data actually on the blockchain and portable data that we actually move around and we reskin our own you know blockchain social network however we like. If Facebook were to miss that boat, then that would be the end of Facebook. Because they'd be what? A big old lumbering ocean liner when everyone else is not, right? In, in a sense, a, pr- yeah. a proprietary walled garden ocean liner. AOL. Yeah. I've uh, always thought they were AOL. <laughs> I have no. Uh, the comparisons are, it's a different version of it. I mean, certainly if you compare the internet 15 years ago to what it is now, everything's proprietary yeah. wall garden, everything's very yeah. centralized, there's no open protocols. It's um, Facebook is definitely like that. Historically, yeah. yeah, they've always thought about the world very defensively and in a very yeah. closed way. Yeah, so I and, always, and blockchain threatens that in a way. Absolutely. Yeah. Breaking it. Because everyone's like, well, there's no next thing. I'm like, oh, there'll be a next thing. Oh, there's always a next thing. Right. There's always yeah. a next thing. Yeah, I was like, there'll be a next thing. Like, it's not, you're not, it's not obvious right now. And, you know, what they did around Snapchat was super interesting. We're having uh, both Sheryl Sandberg and Evan Spiegel on the same night at Code, which should be fun, fun. Fun, fun. No fighting. <laughs> no fighting. We're also having Linda McMahon from Worldwide Wrestling, and she's the head of the SBA. So fighting, some fighting. Um, we got a good series of questions emailed to us by Mike Bone. I read Antonio's book, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I've worked in digital marketing space as a data scientist for three years now, and know there's two big players, not just Facebook. Antonio's original YC-backed product, AdGrok, was built on top of Google's AdWords. I feel he knows more about ads than just his Facebook background and want to hear more about this. So I'm curious what his perspective on Google and their marketing platforms is. Does he think there was any abuse by the Trump campaign, Russia, et cetera, in the 2016 election on Google? How has Google so successfully stayed out of the spotlight during these talks about privacy when they are taking on the same activities as Facebook? How does he see Facebook and Google to be analogous to one another and distinct for potential regulations, concern, activities, or comments? Wow, there's a lot in there. I know, there. <laughs> but they answered with just one or two of those. Uh, yeah, when it comes to the ads thing, I don't understand why Google is missing the level of scrutiny that Facebook is getting. And I, yeah. and I think it all comes down to perception issues, not reality issues. Yeah, how we, our relationship with the company. Right. I mean, in terms of susceptibility to, you know, Russian or Trumpian hacking, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, Google doesn't have the same organic side that Facebook does. So I guess in that sense, it's relatively immune to that level of hacking. Sure. Um, what was like, Except at YouTube. Oh, uh, sorry, YouTube. That's YouTube right. is a YouTube. Facebook that's right. version of it. Yeah. Right, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the question four or five the on success that list? <laughs> stayed out of the, how, is the, how have they stayed out of the spotlight? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think most people just don't understand how the Google ad system works. Right. Heck, most Googlers don't seem to understand right, how the company true. makes and money. And how do you see Facebook and Google to be analogous to each other and distinct for potential regulation, concerns, activities? or kind of, Do you see them being differently regulated? Uh, regulated, no. I think they have. They do seem to have different attitudes. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at Google as an outsider now, but I think mm-hmm. in terms of how they make money, they do look at the world. I think very si- differently. Mm-hmm. I think Facebook s- is very suspicious of the outside world. Mm-hmm. Has a completely closed at ad, you know advertising stack. I mean, I get into this in my book. Mm-hmm. I think Google is more about building relatively more open platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, they just have very dis- different attitudes towards the world. I think. Right. Um, there's, yeah, there's a big difference but there. Still, also a data thief. But also a data thief. Hoarder. Hoarder. They don't hoard Hoarder. it. They use it. You know, they use it was it. interesting. I used to say Microsoft when it was Microsoft Google. I used to say Microsoft grabs everything and pulls it in and tries to control the world, and Google opens everything up and controls. It was right. That's a, that, that's exactly right. Google actually is surprisingly open, but it, it, yeah. it still manages it's to control, control a huge amount of spend via this open system. Yeah, it was. I was like, they let it out and somehow have the same control, which is yeah. interesting. So Bridget McCaw uh, tweeted to ask, is there a different business model besides admin revenue and subscription that you'd suggest for online social services? Is this it? Right. You know, it's funny. Drugs. Everyone always said these, <laughs> right. 
everyone always said that the subscription model is the alternative to ads. And for years, I would have said no for a hundred different reasons. And then Josh Constein did a peach in, te- in TechCrunch actually advocating mm-hmm. it. And he almost managed to convince me. I think in markets where everyone who's going to be a Facebook user is a Facebook user, like the US and parts of Europe, there is no longer a growth challenge. Maybe you'd have some people who'd be willing to pay. An ad-free model. An ad-free model. Unfortunately, the people more likely to pay are the ones you'd monetize the best in an ad model. Uh-huh, right? right. Those are the people whose ARPUs, whose annual they want revenue assume, yeah. are, are probably in the hundreds. And so you'd have to charge them hundreds and what they actually pay for it. What would you charge them? What would the cost look like in the U.S. versus India, given their monetizations are very different? I, I think it gets problematic, but I think it's probably not as crazy they're as... They're not doing it. I don't think they're going to do it. No. Although Zuck did make a few imply a few things in the hearing, but you he, he can tell he was leaving the door open to it, but not really. Yeah, right. I don't. Th- I think they're going to try to not do it as long right. as they can. Right. What was the most surprising thing from that hearing for you? There were a few. I was glued. I yeah, thought it was going to be really too. boring. No, I listened to the entire thing. Yeah. I mean, there was one, the one moment, and I, I mentioned in the in the afterward to the the book that's coming out in paperback this this summer. Sorry, not that wasn't a plug. It was Will's yeah, a small go ahead. plug. That's all right. Um, he mentioned how there was a scene in there, and I actually went back to the transcript to make sure that I, transcript to make sure that I didn't imagine it, in which he said, "Well, no, 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 we're not a media company; we're a tech company." And then the senator asked, "But are you responsible for the content?" He says, "Well, we're a tech company, but we're responsible for the content." Yeah, and it's just like, wow. Yeah, the fact that they would just come out and say that, and they're also, I mean, it's almost a nonsensical statement. How can you claim both at the same time of being right. responsible for the content and also a tech company? Um, and uh, yeah, it, it seemed like one of these moments, and it's a congressional hearing. Those are words that you can't take back, right? Right. right. And so going forward, Facebook will have to be responsible for the yeah. content. Well, um, he tried to do that. We have a broader responsibility here. What was interesting to me was the shift when we were talking two weeks before. He said, "I don't want to sit at my." Uh, he said it before, again at my desk in California and be deciding on content. He, remember, he said that, and I did an interview with him. He said that, uh, and well, then funny, yeah. yeah, and then and I said, um, "You're the CEO. You built it. You made it. You created it." you are responsible for it. And then in one of his statements, he said, I'm the CEO, I built it, I made it, I'm responsible. It was <laughs> really, I was like, you're But Carr, but imagine this for a moment. Imagine right. Zuck in an editorial meeting, like the ones that no. you said in. No, because you have to have values. That's why he doesn't want to have values. He doesn't want to, values require decisions that will piss one or the other side off. And he doesn't want to do that. Doesn't want to do that. He's going to have to. But the rules are so different in different countries. It is, it'll be, it'll be it, well, you know what? He built it, he made it. I'm sorry he made a giant pie that he has to monitor. Like he just did. He created it. It creates a myriad of problems. It it is true that the profit per employee, I was looking at charts on Facebook, is like one of the highest in tech. Yeah. And- yeah, I mean, I, it's going to cost him. It's gonna, exactly. That's the thing. He, he's going to he's, he's going to need operational and you know and user ops people in literally every country in the yeah, world. Right. And he, that's not the case right Too now. Too bad. That's yeah. why newspapers cost a lot. Guess what? Welcome to my right. world. You know what yeah. I mean? It's you, you make choices, you pay for them, and it, you know that's what yep. an adult does. I, I'm yep. not sure you know that, but that's that's really the <laughs> definition of adult. Okay, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors, and we'll be back with Antonio Garcia Martinez. Antonio, can you give me your best reading of the line hashtag money because I've got to make money, but we do it really rather explicitly. We just like read the ads and move on. Okay. Let me hear hashtag money. Say it in a really enticing way for readers. Hashtag money. Oh, nice. Oh, that was a good one. That was better than Jason's. Today's show is brought to you by Airtable, the all-in-one collaboration platform. The content industry is constantly evolving. To keep up, you need a tool that's flexible enough to adapt to your process, but powerful enough to keep everybody on the same page. That's why when the team at Time Magazine needed a tool to manage their entire creative process, from ideation to content creation, they turned to Airtable, and they made editorial decisions while doing it. And Airtable empowers you to do your work your way. Try it today. Just head to Airtable.com slash Recode Decode and receive $50 in free credits. 
Today's show is also brought to you by IBM. We live in a world that's creating AI-enabled everything, a world with more IoT devices than people. Today, technology has never been smarter, but smart only matters when you put it to work where it matters. When we put smart to work, we can help save species, increase crop yields, and make progress, not just for a few of us, but for all of us. So let's get to it. Let's put smart to work. Find out how at ibm.com smart. And we're back with Antonio Garcia Martinez. So tell me about this privacy thing you're going to write, and then we'll go through these other questions. Yeah, I'm going to catch flag for this, but it's coming out. So I might as okay. well just say it. Um, okay. Look, here's the reality. People, most people don't care about privacy. Right? Oh, it's, okay. <laughs> they really don't. Um, media leads care Get about used it. used to it. That was underemployed, Right. Underemployed, you know, bureaucrats care about it. And then the entire privacy industrial complex, there's an entire set of very loud voices who are mm-hmm. just constantly beating the privacy drum yeah. and have built media careers around this, care yeah. about it. This is going to go but, all over Twitter, but keep going. Yeah, but um, well, here, so, and for those who doubt, here's a pop quiz. And I, I tweeted this actually, it, it went, it did very well. When in the past two or three months did Facebook reach the highest point in its app ranking in the Android app store? Guess mm-hmm. in the past two know. or three months. Literally the day after the delete Facebook hashtag yeah. went yeah. viral. Because mm-hmm. everyone went in and didn't deleted it, or some people did. I mean, it would only take a few percent of Facebook to do this to actually mm-hmm. jack up its. And the next day they went and actually downloaded it again. So they liked. They right. So when they I say did. they don't care about privacy, I don't mean that when you pull them and ask them, yeah, I care about privacy. Yeah, sure. They say, it's yeah. like, is asking a smoker, yeah, I intend to quit. And then he's sitting there puffing away. Do they actually drop Facebook for privacy reasons? No, they don't. They right? don't. Okay. They don't. That was interesting. So, you know, I was actually at a gun store after the march, after the march of It was packed with people. It was fascinating. It was, I was like, wow, wow. That, you know what I mean? It was an interesting moment. But so you think that they like, they, they get it, but they don't care. They're aware of it. I, I was in an elevator with two guys, elevator repairmen talking about Facebook stealing their data, which was interesting. This is San Francisco, but right. these were elevator repairmen. So I was surprised. And, well, here's the other thing that makes me think that privacy is not going to matter. I looked up some cohort data by <laughs> like old people, boomer, Gen X, <laughs> Gen Z, millennial, you know, what percent do you care about your privacy? And as you'd expect, the the newer generation, those who were like I'm the bridge generation, mm-hmm. like I was raised with forget smartphones, yeah. there was no internet. People who for whom this has just been ubiquitous always, and you know they were still concerned, but far less than every generation that preceded them, and it actually went down in that sloping way. And if you look at most social issues, whether it be gay marriage or privacy mm-hmm. or whatever, you'll see this sort of cohort change as yeah. time goes on. Yeah. That that points the direction where the values are going. Yeah, people basically. die. But people, the right? People die. Views change. And so that that makes me confident that I think going forward, most people won't care in that deep way of like deleting Facebook for the sake of. of Although I got to tell you, I'm going to push back on them because my kids are very aware of what they're what what they're putting up. They're they're more in control of it, and they're super aware. They're not angry about it. They're just like I took a picture of my son, one of my sons, my youngest, 13, and. I put everything up. Like, I don't care. Right. And he's like, well, I didn't give you permission to do that. So please don't. And I was like, okay. And he's like, yeah, you should wait for my permission. And I don't think that's what I want. And so it was really fascinating. It was not instant uh, sharing. It, and they both have that attitude. I think that they do like Snapchat better because of that. They feel they are aware of Facebook's information hoarding in a way. Right. And I don't tell them that either. It's not the, the group among them talk about it a right. lot. So, so I think the general generation will do exactly that. They, right. They'll feel more in control. They'll, they'll get the privacy controls, unlike the older generation. Right. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, they, they won't care about it as much. Right, right. Um, and so, 
So, so that's. So you were talking about a small town, like right, right. So I, I use it as an analogy. So when I wrote my book, I, I moved to this little island up in the northwest, in the middle mm-hmm. nowhere, that most people don't know about. And um, it was weird. I'd never lived in a small town. I grew up in a Miami suburb. I, you know, the usual New York, uh, San Francisco, bouncing, mm-hmm. you know, little rootless cosmopolitan elite blue state here. Um, I'd never lived in a small town. Mm-hmm. And in the small town, there was no privacy, right? right? I mean, everyone knew who the drunk was, the adulterer, the cheat. You know, everyone. I'd meet someone, and they had already gotten the download about me from before. You'd speak to a friend, you'd get the download on your mutual friends, like constant, you know, newsfeed. No one actually used Facebook much. They didn't need it, right? Mm-hmm. And then I realized and started reading about it. And if you think about it, privacy as a concept, as we understand today, is remarkably is remarkably young sort of concept. Mm-hmm. Um, it, um, it didn't exist legally as a concept until 1890 when Brandeis wrote a famous sort of legal treatise on it. Mm-hmm. And most of the case laws actually from the 20th century. That the modern definition of privacy doesn't even ex- show up in the Oxford English Dictionary until about 1813. And so, you know, privacy was really a reaction to, to, to this, the society that we live in, this urban, anonymous police society. You know, back whether we were a hunter-gatherer tribe or you're a 17th century French villager, mm-hmm. you were Everybody raised, knew. Everyone knew everyone. People often slept in communal beds, which was mm-hmm. very typical until the Victorian era. There was no privacy. Humans, pr- privacy is important in our society, but mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a, a young cultural value. It is not a deep human primal right. need. You know what a human primal need is? Human connection. Mm-hmm. Have spending, sharing experience with you or your, mm-hmm. your kids or whatever, assuming we're close friends. That, that is actually a close thing. So I think any app, and I'm using Facebook broadly to mean whatever social media thing is that we have, right? I mean, Facebook mm-hmm. can go away and we'll still have social media. I think it's a utility. I think we, we agree on that. So whatever the face of social media is, people are more than willing to sacrifice this abstract notion of privacy that mm-hmm. Brussels bureaucrats care about um, in, in pursuit of this community thing. And mm-hmm. so, I, you know, and I think Zuck is right. Zuck wrote this manifesto about a year ago saying that, and it sounded very presumptuous at the time, but the more you think about it, the more you kind of realize he's kind of right, that he, he's sort of proposing Facebook be the social nexus that's disappearing from many Western societies, right? Mm-hmm. We don't have yeah, churches yeah, and yeah. unions like- Yeah, the solution for Facebook is more Facebook. It's more Facebook, right. Which I know it sounds a little ridiculous when you mm-hmm. think about it. Well, I mean, look at the teachers' unions. The biggest labor strike in U.S. history in the past 20 years of U.S. history were all organized via Facebook groups, mm-hmm. not via the unions, via Facebook groups, right? Mm-hmm. And ditto the most recent, you know, genocides and ethnic cleansing as well, mm-hmm. right? And and to me, that's that. I I don't think it's actually in doubt whether Facebook's going to assume a bigger and bigger role in terms of the public forum in various societies. Like I think that that's already happened. Like mm-hmm. that ship has sailed. I think the question really is so Dale wh- AWOL that works. But go ahead, yeah. right? Wh- you know, which which side wins? Is it the sort of builders of the social fabric, you know, right. via Facebook, or is it the sort of destroyers of it? On the negative side, the sort of win, mm-hmm. and I think the challenge for Facebook and you know us as Facebook users is to sort of you know foment the former and kind of avoid the latter. That's right. my take on it. Which they haven't done a good enough job. Some I mean, I say, think yeah. you know what was interesting to me that nobody got fired at Facebook again. That would be my first question for Cheryl. What do you think? Hi, Cheryl. That's my first question. For are, you, you. are you going to ask her that? Yes, of course. Wow. What are you, Kara Swisher? I have to. <laughs> I'm, le- I'm, I'm even telling her in advance so she can. Oh, get really? Her. Why not? Here comes, and she's still showing up. Wow. Here comes the punch. The level of your power that you actually get a senior Facebook exec to show up, even though you're feeding them hostile questions, is incredible. Uh, they, wouldn't, right. they wouldn't do it for anybody they else. They can answer it. Come on. They're adults. They're billionaires. They could have me killed and disappeared in 14 seconds if they cho- chose. I don't know why they're worried about me. Um, I, 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 I would be worried about me. Um, they, they can answer that question. It's interesting. Like every Equifax lost executive. You know what I mean? Like there was clearly a, a failure of management here. So why did nobody, why is the... Yeah, whoever was managing the platform team during this whole Cambridge thing. They're probably yeah, you gone, might, you right? Might, you might want to wonder they're why. Probably yeah. on a, an island they bought with their Facebook money. My favorite part is a lot of the um, 
critics. You're, you've turned, you're sort of a critic and not a critic at the same yeah. time, which is interesting. Uh, the critics have made a ton of money off right. them. That's my fave. None pod. of them gave their shares back. I know. I was like, well, I did. I said to several of them, I'm like, hey, want to give back the money to privacy groups and stuff? So what happens with privacy groups? I mean, there always be a cottage industry and, you know, the rage industry. You just think. And also the, uh, in Europe, they, they, they do have different senses in Europe. Right. They do. I, yeah. Well, you can't get a parent's list at a school in Germany, from what I understand, because it's sharing data that's not. Right. European notions of privacy, specifically like the GDPR, which is this new privacy mm-hmm. regulation that's kicking into gear at the end of this month, um, their views on privacy are very different. And they always claim that it's shaped by history and fascism and this and that. Mm-hmm. But then they go around, they regulate companies, which yeah. have nothing to do with the next Gestapo. But um, yeah, they just have a... They just have a very different view on things. Yeah, they really do. It's quite ingrained, actually, in the culture too. It's yeah. Not, well, but I think that's also part of. But the you think it's not? Uh, no, I think no, I think it no, is. No, it is. Well, I, I mean, yes, I mean, culture. I think, but it it also means that you're tech. I, I think GDPR is a bad idea. Actually, I think it's because gonna, I, big companies will do better. In oh yeah, millions. at the end of the day, they're going to oh, be. Yeah, they have a hundred thousand lawyers. Oh, of course, exactly. You know I mean, I they're going to be in hock to Google and Facebook even more five years from now, thanks yeah. to GDPR, than they will. And, what, and, have, what should they have done? They should create the next Facebook. Oh, my <laughs> if God. If you want to control the, f- the future, then you create it. You don't sit there and try to regulate the current future. If you had invented Facebook, <laughs> you would have invented Facebook. All right. So um, let's ask some questions. Ali Chang, when I do a lookalike audience with a set of emails, is the data actually secure by being hashed before uploading to Facebook servers, or is that data still vulnerable to a man in the middle attacks? Uh, it, it is hashed, yeah. I, I mentioned yeah. that in Chaos Monkeys. What that yeah. means, for those who don't, under, well, although your listenership is mm-hmm. probably pretty sophisticated, what that means is when you do the personal data match when yeah. effectively the Axioms or the Zappos of the world, Axiom is a big data hoarder. Yeah. Uh, yes, they pre-hash it. And the reason for that, by the way, is not for data privacy reasons, really, although mm-hmm. it, it does help, as your mm-hmm. as your listener said. It's mostly because neither Facebook nor the outside party actually trust each other. I see. Because if, if there isn't a match, then you've basically just given up free personal data. Like, oh, yeah, no, we don't match. And then they just keep it, right? right. And so since neither the outside t- trusts oh, Facebook, vice versa, they do it. That's why it was me. hashed. Yeah. Killing yeah. me, Tony. Yeah. They don't want to do it for your privacy. That was the, yeah. the first order concern. Yeah. yeah. All right, John Hall asks, how many people on the planet can Facebook name by their photos? What are the benefits of this emerging technology and what's not to like? Oh, so much. Oh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not involved in photo recognition. you see that movie? There was a movie with... Um, What's her name? She, anyway, there's a movie about that they could do everything by your photo. Um, do you know much about that? No. Uh, what, I, what I will tell you is that every marketer's dream is that scene in Minority Report. Yes. Everyone's seen it. Yes, which, Mr. Yakamoto with the eyes. Mr. Yakamoto, uh, how's your tank top? And yeah, it's yeah. Tom Cruise is obviously yeah. not Mr. Yakamoto because he yeah. had stolen the retinas or whatever. Yeah. But that, that is every marketer's Absolutely. sort of dream of the future. Yeah. yeah. Would you like another pair? Would you like another fleece? Yeah. Like that. That'd it be is. amazing. It is. Yeah. Part of us like it. I use things like Clear. I gotta say, I know they're coming to get me someday. Like I, I get it, but I gotta say, I sail through the airport in this part of my life. Later, right. when they jail me, that will be different. But it, it's an interesting trade-off. I think about it all the time. The idea, the convenience versus security trade-off. Mm-hmm. But they have my eyeballs. I figured they'd figure it out by some point. You know what I mean? I'm an idiot. I, I'm also watching Handmaid's Tale and I realize I'm an idiot. All right, uh, Venkat Aneth wants to know, I want to understand Facebook's approach to its biggest market, India, in terms of political advertising. And I want to get to political oh. advertising. Social media is part of this world, plays a growing important role in electoral politics. And Facebook, in that effect, has become a dominant player. Sort of, there's a lot of players in India right now. What are some of the issues... Uh, we need, and everybody's, it's like a Game of Thrones there, different SoftBank and, and NASPERS. There's a whole bunch of different alliances there. Okay. What are some of the issues we need to watch out for for our general elections in the next year? So political advertising, one of the things you and I talked about was that they should have known it was coming in 2016. Like the numbers in right. 2012 were low. Right. Yeah, so one thing, one excuse Facebook can kind of 
reasonably used it then in 2012. So I was I was there in 2012 when this mm-hmm. whole political thing was going on. And, you know, there was already a political ad sales team. You know, it wasn't zero, mm-hmm. but it wasn't that big a deal. Right. Like one of your jobs as product manager is prioritizing product requests, which mm-hmm. basically means saying no to almost all of them. Mm-hmm. And we'd say no to all the political ones because, frankly, they didn't drive enough spend. Right. I mean, it wasn't quite that, but, yeah, it yeah, was just, it was others. important enough yeah. that mattered more. Right. Um, you know, so, but in 2016, the sales team would have done estimates and gone around and understood that, you know, the $100 million or whatever that they're actually, that combined Trump and Clinton sort of spend, that's pretty sizable even that's by nice Facebook. Business. That's uh, that's up there. And so they, they should have been, so one other thing they could be criticized for, so one of the other random things they did to Facebook, by the way, is uh, for about nine months, I was PM of what's called ads quality. Mm-hmm. I think now it's called ads integrity, but yeah. basically it's the police, the ones who actually yeah, police Naomi. the ads. What's that, right? Uh, it's okay. got, well, uh, at a high level, maybe, but at the at the, yeah, yeah. the the job that I used to have, the guy named Rob Leathern, okay. who used to be a Facebook ads partner, mm-hmm. we we're actually friends, and uh, now it's a very it's a much bigger team. Sure. Than when I was there, and they they police everything, like literally yeah, upload porn or whatever. What or, exactly, yeah. Get and rid it, of the and it's funny, they're, they're, get rid of the porn ads. Of, I always cite the example, alcohol Cigarette. ads, for alcohol. example, are super regulated. Yeah. And they're actually really good at it. And what so, are they pulling down? They talked about something else recently, but go ahead, yeah. But, I mean, what? why can't you extend this, the exact same tech stack and, and operational workflow why? to politics? So why? Well, I don't know. Yeah, well, clearly they got cut through their pants That's a great question down. to Sheryl yeah. Sandberg. Why? <laughs> yeah, Were you why not? not? Pay, why don't, why don't why you, not? you can do it with alcohol. You can right. do it with porn. Yeah. Why can't you police them better? Right. So Why? I think they just didn't focus on it. Right. Even though it's an enormous amount of money they were doubling. It's getting and, up there. And so yeah. what about the next election? Oh, I think they're going to be a lot more aggressive, um, which I think is good. I think, yeah, you know. Yeah, they've got to have names on them. I think that's their new thing. you got to have an address. Right, right. Joe, Joe Ruski with a, a cr- right. Trump Tower apartments. We know they buy those, <laughs> the Russians. Yeah, Joe Ruski with a credit card and paying in rubles can't just target swing state voters in Ohio anymore, he right? He just moves to Trump Tower and does it, right? <laughs> Maybe. That's, yeah. His name isn't Joe Ruski. It's Joe Roos now. So, yeah, okay. you know, don't you watch the Americans? Oh, right. They, they blend in really well. They blend in these, really well. Spies. These outsiders. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm a Russian spy, by the way. Um, one reader who asked not to be named emailed us to ask, what data did Facebook use to train its dating algorithms? Possibly all the dating apps oh. that required Facebook logins to use were merely uh, unknowing data vacuums for Facebook. Just a hunch. Hashtag just a hunch. Um, what, porn you watch? No, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, what is, I have no idea. I have no yeah. idea. What do you think of the dating thing? That was kind of a creepy introduction. I think it's, it's probably like the worst <laughs> time product pen. in the history of Silicon Valley. Like, yeah. why do it now? Right, yeah. But I think it's kind of cool. It might be interesting. Yeah, you think? I, at least from the, the teaser of things that I saw online. You know, it seems like it's been configured pretty well. It's friend of a friend mutual dating. It's keyed around events and stuff. I don't know. Not in my life would I use something like that. No, why not? I, I don't use dating apps, but that's another issue. Right. But it, I, I just theirs, no. I'd rather just go right to dirty Tinder, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Why do you trust Tinder more than... Because uh, they don't have all the rest of it, I guess. You know what I mean? It's like Google. I don't have a Google Nest in my house. I don't have a Google... I have a Google Home, but it's unplugged, and I plug it in when I want to get something. Um, I, they just got enough. I trust Apple more than, you yeah. know. Huh. I do. You don't think so? I shouldn't. More. It sometimes shocks me. I, mean, I trust What you're doing, it sounds pretty reasonable, but the, the degree to which some people will go... To actually completely change their browsing experience to that of like an international fugitive, yeah. just for the sake of no. basically making their ads suck, right? Which no. Some people actually have. There's like a Chrome plugin that will. No, I know. No, yeah. no, of course not. Like, right. no, no. I'm looking for like camps for my kids for the summer. Fine, like big deal. You know, there's nothing you can grok from that. But I, I am, I am concerned about them having just too much inside my home. That's it's just cameras in my home. I don't like it. I can imagine it. Super. I know, but you can. Like that t- is if it was the government, far. it was Orwellian. It will be I, the government. Will it? Eventually, yes. It could be. Every time the government can 
can do that, they always do. That's it's in history, in the history of our country. They always overstep our government. Right. They do. They just do, and they can't help themselves. That's what they they love to overstep all those agencies. Um, and so they I, that they can do it. I don't know. I just don't want a camera in my house. Thank Facebook you. States of America. I just I don't want to get their camera in my house. The camera is a different thing in a home. It's a very different. I, you know, this is all going to be rendered moot by deep fakes. I think, yes, going forward. Deep, what deep fakes? What's that? Um, so deep fake. I, I didn't oh, they can it. listen from outside. Uh, no, no, no. Well, no. The, you can construct an arbitrary video showing you doing anything, right? So like. Oh whatever. yeah, this, they're fakes. Oh, don't even get into that, Antonio. That's I, that's. I think that's going to totally shake they're things gonna, up. That's how I'm coming down. They'll make a fake video of me doing something like hanging out with Donald Trump or something. Um, one reader. Uh, okay, here's another question from those weeks. Um, my impression is that Facebook came, post Cambridge is a company that might not even know some of its own processes and how they interact. Act, which I think you mentioned. Assuming they truly want to improve, what level of confidence do you have in their ability to self-correct? Is it just too algorithmic now? Uh, Facebook or Cambridge Analytica? Facebook. They're gone. No, post. Facebook, post Cambridge Analytica. Post Cambridge. Um, Yeah. They're gone. They ran, those cockroaches ran for the, uh, ran for the... I mean, I think I think there's been a couple of changes that I think all this noise or this mm-hmm. this brouhaha has created on, on Facebook. One is the privacy controls are offering now are super aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go download your data from Facebook, which I encourage everyone to do, yes. by the way, it's interesting. It's a lot better than it used to be because I did it mm-hmm. back when I was writing the book as a way of like yeah, getting my. And it was hard. It was intentionally bad. Like you can tell right. they had made it such that you could not port your data. Now right. it's actually quite readable and quite portable. And then the other thing is this business of letting you delete your browsing history. Like, That's a, I was surprised they actually yeah. allow you to do that. Right. And so they actually are shipping things that are you know. A Assuming they work, which I assume they do work, they, those are really powerful. So tools. why do it? What would you? It's a good question. Because they don't have I th- it's to. A, right? It must be a percep- I think. I think Zuck is just obsessed with a perception issue. Yeah. Um, there's a scene in the prologue of my book. I hate to plug the same thing, but it's it's a reference um, in which I was pitching all this retargeting stuff that didn't exist at all until mm-hmm. then on Facebook, and it wasn't quite clear how the tech would work at the time. But we were just getting a yes to go ahead. And the only question Zuck had, he didn't ask any detailed questions at all in the presentation. Are you going to use the like button data or social plugin data on this? He's like, well, we could. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's actually useful for targeting? And then we got into a whole discussion. He's like, mm-hmm. no, don't use it. I don't want people to actually look at the like button and think of monetization or think of Big Brother. I see. Of course, that attitude changed somewhere right. in 2013 or 14. They started using like button of data. Of course so they did. Right. Well, oh my God, it's a big juicy so, and, yeah, and so steak right well, in the middle of the. Maybe. But, well, they're allowing you to delete it now, right? So I don't know how yeah. juicy a steak it is if they're actually putting an off button on oh, it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, though, so supposedly. Won't turn it off. That's the idea. So do you think there's been a, been a come to Jesus meeting for these people moment? I think there's been a few come to Jesus moments. One is, yes, they're giving you better privacy tools. One, I think- Which may- you think are useless. No, no. Not, yeah. If they work and deleting yeah. all your browsing history, that's a very real change. Um, right. Two, I think their PR might slightly change. Historically, Facebook's PR, as you know, has been yeah. just total stonewall. Yeah. We let in like- Ac- you know, access favorites or right. Car Swisher, who they don't let me. They well, don't you're, you're interviewing Sheryl Sandberg. I am, but they don't let me in a lot of th- anyway. Go ahead. Right, or they just don't want. And I think they're being a little bit more forthcoming. Like you know, Boz is tweeting, and yeah. a- after my piece, what did you think about that? You know, he stepped in it. It was yeah. a bigger issue, and he was focusing on a smaller one, which he was technically right, but not generally. And then, and then Rob Goldman was retweeted by Trump, and yeah. he kind of stepped in it too. But that's the nature of tweeting. Whenever you put yourself out there, you're going to step in it. He didn't see the bigger problem people had. It's like Uber saying, "Well, we didn't really do that at the at the Kennedy Airport." But the fact of the matter is, people don't trust Uber, so it doesn't really matter. Like, don't defend yourself right in the middle of a small thing, right in the middle of a bigger issue. But, you know. I mean, I think it's. 
I think it's hard to like anyone. It's hard to look at yourself when you're so deep inside that MP that Menlo Park myopia. It's, it's hard not myopia. To, it's vi- they victim me. They're all like, oh, I literally had one of them come, like one come up to me and like, oh, you're so mean to us. I was like, go fuck yourself. Like, I, you know what I mean? I was like, you know what I mean? I was like, oh, so sorry. Go go salve yourself with a private plane ride to like Paris. They're not all rich anymore necessarily. Oh come Cara. on. Oh. I mean, the early well, these the ones we're talking about are, but. Come on. The senior people, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. They weepy weepy. And another one of them was like so earnest I wanted to punch him. Honestly. I was like, Well, that's oh. the other thing. I think Facebook is still very mis- that was the other thing I wanted to mention. One of the, one other hit. So ultimately I think the real damage that Facebook might have suffered due to all this stuff mm-hmm. is internal turmoil and unit cohesion, right? Oh, like all these yes. leaks that are coming out. Yes. Like for years, Facebook was historically the most impenetrable company ever, I think. Yeah. Or maybe, Apple I maybe as well. I real hard, but yeah, yeah. Well, if you talk to most, like I've, you know. Yeah, mo- you know, harder. Right, and it, and what leaks Not there were hard. were either half accidental or kind of implied mm-hmm. or kind of, but now you're actually having insiders intentionally and malicious, like, oh, you know, yep. siding with the Little outsider bit, yeah. against some internal faction. That's what it's yeah. that you just never saw before. And yeah. I think- Wow, that's that's huge. Yeah, and if Facebook loses that level of sort of mission focus, yeah, they definitely have lost that. That's oh, a big blabbing deal. Blabbing blank. I don't. A, I don't even try now. I mean, I I think if I tried back then, I could ease. I didn't focus on Facebook that much. But early days, I would get shit out of there all the time. They would leak away. It was fantastic. But that might was some of it intentional. Maybe? No, no, some of it wasn't. No, 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 not at all. Because I got yelled at for one. I forget they fired someone. There was a. It occasionally happened, but you, this business of like literally every week a new leak. Let me that, say, if you're a good reporter and you try, you can always get information and it's not intentional. Like it's pretty easy in Silicon Valley, I find. it. If you try, if you like, some of them are super easy. Others, you have to try a little harder. Even Apple, if I set my mind to it, I could probably. I mean, you have superpowers, but. No, yeah. but no, but it's ultimately people want to say things. But but again, this business of and it's clear some faction inside wants yes. to screw another faction, so oh, therefore yeah. they leak to document. Oh yeah, that's, like that sort of thing that's is very happening. strange. That whole yes. thing around Alex Demos and Cheryl, and that was for example riveting. that thing. For example, yeah, or the report that came out about Trump Clinton that I cited yeah. earlier. Yes, like all these things. Like ugh. yes, that was a definite hit on her from someone. I was yeah. trying to figure out who it was. Yeah, yeah, because I don't think it was entirely true. From what I no, it I wasn't. No idea. It, it, it wasn't what was written, I'll tell you, but because they took it out, which was right. really interesting. That's the weird thing that they deleted it later. Yeah, yeah, they did. I didn't like that when they did that. They should have explained themselves. So, last question: Do you think he has changed, Mark Zuckerberg? Do you think? I mean, you don't know. I don't know him at all. But but he is the company. He still is the the c'est moi. You know what I mean? I think so. Yeah. No, he's still. I in the book I define him. You know, I describe him as the as the emperor, the boy emperor. Yeah, he definitely is inside that company. He's an adult. Say the is adult. It? He is. He's thirty-three. Are any are there any children. adult men in Silicon Valley? Yes, I'm not they so are. Sure. Oh, Stop really? juvenilizing them. Yes, they don't need to eat like food that's been pre-chewed. They're fine. <laughs> They'll be fine. They, All men are so juvenile. Man. They wear t-shirts and drink Gatorade. Whatever. For God's sake. <laughs> like you know what? They're adults and they have to act like adults and they have to stop sexually harassing women and uh, and stand up and be a man and take their responsibilities seriously. God, I sound like Jordan Peterson now, um, which I'm <laughs> Clean not. Clean your room. Clean your room. <laughs> oh my God, him. I don't even want to. I'm not even going down that okay. road because I want to like I'd like to have a nice debate with that you man. Should, you should have Jordan Peterson yeah I can't I just don't want to he's just such a horse's ass I'm sorry Is he? yes just read him just like it's so easy to pierce but you know whatever the people like it men like to hear about sitting up straight I don't, far be it from me to make them feel bad about themselves because you know men are the victim just so you know of are the victim of all of all uh, societies. Um, anyway, um, I'm I'm joking with you. So, any other thoughts? Where's it going? 
What, what's going to be our issue for Facebook next? Because they always seem to step in. The, the big, so the, the thing to me, it's like all this ad noise and all yes. everything we discussed, at the end of the day, it'll kind of blow over and we'll yeah. muddle through as, as we always yes. do. Yeah. Um, the bigger issue that I don't know we're going to muddle through or for, mm-hmm. for which there isn't a clear answer is, you know, this this whole post-truth society, right? Yeah. Um, people often cite the, you know, the parallel between you know, the printing press and like the smartphone, right? Mm-hmm. Which I know sounds ridiculous and like some stupid VC pitch, but I, I'm increasingly thinking that is kind of true. Yeah. And if you actually, and I'm, I'm actually going back and reading some of the histories of, you know, the, the development of the book and the spread in Europe and the 15th mm-hmm. century and the whole thing. And um, there's some amazing, amazing parallels there. And the, mm-hmm. the, the level of political and, and, and economic and religious strife that the printing press caused, which is, uh-huh. it, it, it ushered in a century of bloodshed in, in, yeah, in Europe and totally changed yeah. everything. And people, and you know, it's funny, I was Gutenberg himself was just like a skeezy operator was trying to make yep. money off of it. He had no high-minded whatever. No. And he actually didn't actually make money off of it. He ended up almost in poverty. Um, so I, I think there's definitely a parallel there. If you if you look at the impact that Gutenberg had on society, right, in which mm-hmm. knowledge recorded history went from this intermediary of this clergy that was selected, sort of more of a, sure, of a broad thing. thing. How did we, you know, how did we recover from a century of madness? Well, the Enlightenment kind of happened. We had standards around, you know, editorship and truth and objective truth. We, you know, the encyclopedias created this notion of an encyclopedia, like mm-hmm. expertise, you know, you know, sort mm-hmm. of totemic, like reference knowledge. You go to a library and that's the truth, right? Mm-hmm. We all agree that's the thing, right? And we all kind of converged on this paradigm. And it seems that somehow, even though we're, we're, this tech is more sophisticated and sometimes we're going forward to the past. Mm-hmm. And then in some sense we're almost- How do we unite? Right, we're, we're almost forgetting these standards. And what we now call fake news, in an earlier age, we, we would have called tribal folklore. Right. <laughs> Things that seem true, but really aren't. And they're kind of media ephemera that spread through these informal social networks. And we believe them because we like to believe uh-huh. them, but there's no outside truth. Yeah. And, you know, both left and right have their respective folklores, although perhaps one side more than another. Um, and so it, I really do think that the smartphone is in some sense undoing some of what the Gutenberg and the Enlightenment kind wow. of created. I agree and, with you. Unity is really hard. Where, where do you, what do you unify around? Yeah. And it, I'm, not, I'm not sure what the answer is. I, I mm-hmm. think it, it may be the case that we just continue to live in this somewhat tribal folkloric fake news Man, world. And, and to me, the, and, and the issue, Facebook? the problem here is like normally like, well, what's the issue? I think the problem, and I mentioned this in the piece that, that comes out today, that um, the issue is that these online tribes, the fault lines of these tribes now run under and between you know, the colored boxes on the map that used to define our mm-hmm. own political and cultural entities and no longer do, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you look at a place like the United States, it no longer refers to more or less a single collection of beliefs and values. It really mm-hmm. doesn't. Um, and you could see the same thing in other Western countries, which I think is why in, in so many Western democracies, there's this political other, right, mm-hmm. that we kind of hold in contempt and we just don't understand why we're sharing political power with them, right? Mm-hmm. And that feeling is completely mutual. And I think we're all, we all know who we're talking about here, right? Here's the only thing is yeah. you thought there were things in place that everyone believed, but a lot of us didn't. Really? Yeah. You're a woman or you're uh, like, I'm gay or the world you all say existed didn't for us because we lived by different rules. And I had, I'm higher up on the chain because I'm white, you know, I have education, I'm higher up. But I think a lot, one of the things I think about a lot is why did the Me Too stuff get written now? Like, why did it happen now? And who wrote it? It was women at the New York Times and a gay man. That is not Ronan Farrow. It is not a mistake. He saw it. He understood it. He saw it because he understood it and then he said it. And so I think that's what's interesting to me is the ability to say it. And so I think we didn't live in a world, do you think, was so in agreement? I don't think... I was just thinking the political... No, I agree. But I think we didn't agree with them ever. It's just now people can say say it. And that's the problem. And I think that's really... It'll be interesting to see if we can find some real cohesion. Where is the... What is the real cohesion? And that's... Harder because it's not religion. It's not 
certainly, and it's not the solution isn't more Facebook. It's something else. Aliens yeah. arriving, I think, will do it for a common, us. Shared suffering you know and what? a common enemy. You That's know, how you actually aliens. Like. That's what we're going to go with. We're going to go with aliens. Um, and thank you so much. This has been a really great discussion um, and a great episode of Too Embarrassed to Ask. Um, and thanks for joining me. And this story is out in Wired. He's written several. Mar- you're a guest writer for it, or what are you contributing? I'm a contributing it? writer. I'm good. You do a great job. You're quite a yeah. good writer. You should, yeah. you should keep on the journalism thing. It's a good idea, even though you always sully journalists all the time. You have become one. And you're, you're, you're I know, very I feel persuasive. really awkward about that. That's all right. That's what we all do. We hate each other. It's good. It's fine. It's like, it's like my family, my Italian family. We just insult each other, but we love each other. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay. You I'll- can insult journalists. You don't know. You're just, that's my favorite part. Um, anyway, it's fine. It doesn't bother me. It is a 2016 book about working at Facebook. It's called Chaos Monkeys. It's coming out in paperback. Uh, this summer, yeah. This summer, great. With a new afterword. Cool. It goes into a lot of the stuff. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Uh, yeah. If you want more, we did a podcast about that book on my other show, Recode Decode. Just scroll back to July 2016 in our archives to find that. It was a great discussion. And where do you find those archives? I'm glad you asked. The past episodes of all our podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, or wherever you listen to your podcasts especially if they're spying on you in your home and understanding your needs. Or you can listen to every episode at recode.net slash podcast. And if you use Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review there. Otherwise, tell someone about this show in person, over email, on Twitter, or even on Facebook if this episode hasn't scared you away. You can also just say it aloud in your home and your nest will relay it to your overlords at one of the tech companies. If you have questions about any tech talk book or the latest tech news, tweet them to at Recode with the hashtag Too Embarrassed or email them to TooEmbarrassed at Recode.net. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our sponsors and to Cadence 13 and Vox Media, which sells those ads so you can listen to this show for free. But nothing's free, is it? Thanks to our editor, Joel Robbie, and our producer, Eric Johnson. I'll be back next week to answer more of the questions you've been too embarrassed to ask, so tune in then. Today's show is brought to you by IBM. Technology today has never been smarter, but smart only matters when you put it to good use. Together, we can build a smarter future for all of us. Let's put smart to work. Find out how at ibm.com smart.